Welcome eventually to Spotting on Shares, where each Monday through to Wednesday, our Chief Spotter and myself, Elio D'Amato, talk uh, the market day and answer your questions, of course. And we always encourage you to go to our website, spotty.com.au, to see which guests are due to appear on the show next in order to ask them questions relevant to their area of expertise. And many of you have done that. For today's Chief Spotter, when you had a question, you texted us 0480-079-089 or you email us question at spotty.com.au. Those lines are open 24-7. So when you do have a question, be sure to send it through as soon as it pops up to mind. So let's bring in today's Chief Spotter. It's a very patient David Hunt from the Profit Hunters Group. G'day, David. How are you doing? Thanks, Elia. How are you going? Good. I'm very good. Very good. Yeah, good to be on. At least going to be time to get my tech working. Yeah, no, well, look, the good, <laughs> the good well. news is you're more patient with technology than you are with your stocks because you like riding those waves, of course. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, David, and then the great business that you've built there at Profit Hunters and how you help investors every single day. Okay, fantastic. When I started out was actually trading currencies back in the mid-1980s. I was the young kid, not, not anymore, and um, people said, I don't know anything about this foreign exchange. You know, they've just floated the Aussie dollar. What the hell do you do? Here, kid, go off and do it. You're just out of uni. Go off and do it. So it was a, a brave new world. Um, so I was uh, corporate treasury, funds management, uh, working for Macquarie Bank, uh, tra- privately, actually proprietary trading for Macquarie Bank on their on the bank's capital, which is which was an incredible amount of fun. I love that. And uh, and uh, very uh, very good times. I could, we were just, it was just at the start of the internet, so I could cruise in and out of uh, Macquarie Bank Treasury on the forex desk, trade anything I wanted. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. I also started off as uh, in the Australian Technical Analysts Association. Ended up being vice president and secretary, and then further being president of the Australian Professional Technical Analysts Association, as well as trading for myself and managing funds. I've kind of covered the gamut from, um, you know, from foreign exchange through to shares, through to cryptocurrencies. Uh, had a lot of fun actually. Um, uh, if you had been listening to me, you would have been selling up above fifty-eight thousand dollars in Bitcoin and and looking for a target of thirty thousand dollars at the time. It exactly traded in Binance, the biggest uh, crypto exchange in the world, the Binance Exchange, traded at thirty thousand dollars. That was the target I said in the forecast. Uh, about a month or so before it actually got there. So that was, uh, I, I do those sort of things. Anything you can give me uh, that I can get freely traded markets uh, and data on, I can I can give you advice on and uh, trade. Uh, so covered from bonds to cryptocurrencies, all sorts of stuff. And I just in, enjoy doing that. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a clear way of doing it. I also look at cycles and fundamentals. And when I can see some good fundamental analysis, I, I pick it up and run with it. There's some stocks that I look at that fundamentalists recommend, and I'll pick them up and uh, analyze them and say, no, these are good, no, these are bad. Okay, I think we can get the bad ones for cheaper. I think we should get the good ones now and, uh, and limit the risk that people have when they're taking those big uh, fundamental bets. Because often I find fundamental uh, analysts and traders want to have a big no stop loss at all. They don't have any risk management. And for me, I'm fairly conservative. I don't like to lose much. I'd rather make more. I'd rather start with a little acorn and grow it into a big tree. So that's my that's my way of doing things. So I actually invest and trade. And I like to trade turn my trades into investments that are profitable. 
Well, and all that at profithunters.com.au is the website where you can go learn Correct. more about the services yep. that David has to offer. Now, currently, David, we're talking about a great old... Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, so there's your branded shirt. Very good. Excellent. I'm sure you can buy one of them on Redbubble, everyone. Uh, look, currently the market, though, it's definitely a great old oak tree. Uh, currently uh, up 1.37%, both the All Lords and the XJO. So let's get into the main market news stories of the day. And uh, topic one, well, in the world of big, large cap fund managers, Milton will be acquired by Washington Soul Pats at a 10% premium to net asset value and a 20% premium to its last traded price. Unsurprisingly, the board of Milton have accepted the offer estimated to be worth around $6 per share. Uh, I say estimated because it will depend on what Solpats is trading at on the day of the exchange. Plus, there's a range of dividends that will have to be paid to Milton shareholders. The combined group will be worth some $11 million. I'll come to you in a moment on that one, David. Topic two, OpenPay is set to acquire 100% of Payment Assist, a leading buy now, pay later provider in the UK automotive sector, which according to the company, is one of the largest acquisitions made by a buy now, pay later firm in the UK to date. The total transactional volume from the UK business will now triple to some 120 million pounds, as will revenue uh, to 8.4 million pounds with very strong margins. David, as we go to where the market likes this announcement, OpenPay, OPY, is currently up 13.8% dollar sixty and a half cents uh what's your view uh in regards to that chart at the moment um is uh today's a very strong breakout enough to uh, uh warrant a nibble yeah the uh yes the uh, it really is um uh, if it had been at one dollar and 24 cents i would have said buy it with your ears pinned back up here now at one dollar and 60 cents where i can see it trading at i prefer to be waiting for it to drop back down to probably around about that $1.50. If you do want to have something on board, just a nibble, and a nibble is anywhere between one-sixth and one-third of your normal position in my terms. Um, we're looking for $1.80 and $1.94. If you're going into what I call close your eyes and buy mode or CYEB for those people who are members, um, that's this is, this is in the zone. Um, it's broken up on stronger volume than I, I would have thought with the day so far. Uh, the, the trouble is at $1.94, it's it's at risk of a sell back down. Uh, once they realize that they've got to fund it, they've got to do that, it may, may be um, earnings accretive as they used to say. I think they still might say that these days. Mm -hmm. um, but $1.94, I'll be taking my profit, looking for another opportunity to buy, possibly at new, new lows when they need to maybe issue capital to fund the purchase. Well, it'll be interesting uh, to uh, see how that plays out, but a very strong day today. Uh, Monadelphus, well, it's a bit of a bellwether for mining services uh, and stocks in that sector. It today announced some $215 million worth of new contracts across copper, iron ore, and of course, water. David, its stock at the moment is up 1.4%. Uh, that's MND for those uh, uh, playing along at home. Currently at an even $10. Psychological barrier, of course. Uh, because once they cross that yeah. threshold, it's a different level from here on in. What do you make of the chart for Monodelphus at the moment? Because it's been a wild ride, um, it's fair to say. There's a massive amount of spike highs around the $10.36 area, which it visited today. Um, I'm not really in love with it. Even if it broke $10.40, I think it would then be getting towards $10.73. The chart pattern actually calls for it to probably come back down to $9.66. After all, copper, uh, copper, and the uh, copper and the uh, things that have been boosted by a weak U.S. dollar have seen 
uh, strong declines in those copper and gold, etc. Not so much iron ore, but down around nine dollars and sixty-five cents. I think it's worthwhile having having a go for what we call an inverted head and shoulders. After after that, we should expect to move up towards eleven dollars and fifty-seven cents, and you would have a stop loss at nine dollars and fifty cents. Stop close only. That means that if it's trading in the last fifteen minutes at that price level, or at or below that price level, stop yourself out. But uh, yeah, at the moment, I would say I'd expect a bit more time. In, Going sideways, just probing that that lower area around that nine dollars and sixty-five cents area spot. If it does manage to close above ten dollars and forty cents, look for ten dollars and seventy-three cents. And in that case, your stop loss would be at nine dollars and ninety cents. And I'll come to your question in a moment, uh, Mark, as you ask about a stock in that sector. But uh, I do need to talk about uh, uh, property development, Cedarwood Properties, um, who advised the market today that strong sales conditions across the company's uh, projects have driven pre-sales to a record $439 million. Uh, these pre-sales, which are due for settlement uh, in future financial years, are actually up more than 20% on the $360 million balance that they recorded at the end of last financial year. Um, even though uh, we knew the whole sector's kicking goals, this was a pretty solid result from Cedarwood. Uh, currently the stock up 7% to $6.98. A little bit of liquid can jump around a bit, David, but um, again, what do you make of that chart just quickly? It's a late bloomer in the property sector and it's been quite ill while everything else has been doing well. Uh, last year I shipped some money into the property property area that I'd had out of for quite some time and and I didn't pick this one but generally I think it's got a, a lot of overhead resistance towards $7.25, $7.23 so they're actually making sales that they're booking forward for developments I guess um, so there's a lot of time between then and now I'd say that's great it ha it's had a good move if you've gotten in on the quick run Maybe bank one half of your profit around about $7.23 to $7.12, which is not far off. I've got it just near $7 at the moment, and have a stop loss at $6.55. There's, there's something about it. If the, if the, um, it's had a lot of, it's had a lot of selling at the moment, and so yeah, take your profit, uh, take a bit of profit and move your stop up and just see if it can, it can go along for the ride. At the moment, um, clearing through $7.50 on a weekly close basis is excellent. And then I'd be thinking about $7.90 to $8. Okay, thank you very much, David. Time for us to answer your questions now, folks. Of course, remember, we can't take into account your objectives or financial needs and if you wish to discuss any of this content you need to speak to an advisor that's licensed to have that discussion with you and of course we do disclose that we do uh, or try to remember that is that we hold interest in stocks that we discuss on the show but sometimes in the current thrust of stock discussion we forget so feel free to contact either David or myself directly and we'll be happy to clarify. David it was a stock we talked about in the introduction it comes from Kevin this one here he wants to know about Solpats SOL Obviously, a big news story today with regards to its acquisition of Milton, now creating quite a mighty um, institution together as a collective. Solpat's on the news, um, despite the uh, possible dilution, uh, is up at the moment, up 1.6% to $30.74, uh, notwithstanding the uh, funny mentals, as Will likes to call them. Um, what would that chart be telling you in regards to SOL at the moment for Kevin? Okay, what I did this morning for my members is I took the questions that you gave me 
and I put them up for it. And I'll, I'll just read out what I'm reading for the members, and I've, I'm actually making it available for um, for your your viewers, spotty viewers. If they want to have a look at this, just go to profithunters.com.au and sign up as a free membership, and you'll be able to read it under the newsletter part or the the visitor sign up. So. Uh, the long-term trend is up with targets towards $34.18 and a, a good strategy could be to buy dips down to $27.06 with a stop loss below $26.80. Buying a break above $31 with a stop loss below $28.70 is also another strategy. So at the moment, it, I'll just have a check of it now. It's uh, just tried to break above $31, but it hasn't closed above there. So it's broken, but it hasn't closed. A close above there is the better trigger. I can see that it's shot up and it's pulled back a little bit right now. So I'm a little bit cautious. So the medium term trend is up. And when I talk medium term, I talk weekly charts, you know, three, three weeks to uh, 13 weeks, really. And the medium term is with... with with targets to $32 in the medium term. We're looking to buy dips down to $30.10 with a stop loss below $29.70, or buy a break above $30.82 with a stop loss below $29.90. So what I'm saying there is you might get $32 out of it, but there's also, um, there's also $31.50 in the way short term, which is a little bit disturbing when I look at the chart. It made $31.33 today. So uh, I'd rather be buying a dip with a tight stop loss than buying an absolute breakout from the way the chart is performing at the moment. It has just filled the gap, which uh, was on the um, on the 18th of, uh, the 18th of uh, June, which is last Friday. So that retracement into the gap puts it at risk as a bit of a sell-off. Professional traders love to sell the gaps or buy the gaps. And so $30.10, I think you'll get an opportunity down there again to, to have a nibble. So the, 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 And may play ping pong between $30.10 and $31.50 short term. Okay. Bernie wants to ask about Alcidian, which is uh, ALC, a stock we talked about on this program before, another great med tech business kicking some real goals. We've um, look, David, I mean, they're involved in online administration. Uh, for those that don't know, they've been achieving some great results with nothing but positive vibes. The most recent news being winning a contract to store and manage the medical data for the Australian Defence Force. Now, in its latest quarterly statement back in April, they confirmed that cash flow was starting to ramp up with operating cash flow now positive for the quarter. Uh, you're right there, Bernie. The cap raise was oversubscribed. And why wouldn't it be? Uh, if you're, you know, if you're in, I think you're staying in. Quite as simple as that. There's not much else to really uh, shake there. But in terms of someone looking to get in right now, and David, this is where I'll bring you in. Uh, from a fundamental perspective, it's expensive. On forecasts, which are for strong revenue growth, uh, uh, they're currently around 64% on those. 64% um, sorry, of the um, earnings, I think, are recurring, if my memory uh, serves me correct. Uh, you've got to pay to play. EV to forecast sales is over 10 times at the moment. So there is a possibility of a better entry into this great Aussie story. David, is there, or um, do we uh, get in uh, here, which is uh, close to uh, all-time highs? When I arrived in foreign exchange, just starting off as a fresh-faced, dark-haired, curl, dark curly-haired young kid, my first mentor in uh, in charting and technical analysis was a lady called Dawn Bolton Smith, a legend, absolute legend, lady. 
um, unfortunately she passed away a couple of years ago, and she said to me one of the things that stuck in my mind so much, if you are going to get on a bull, make it a young bull. Elio, you just alluded to that. It's overvalued, it's had a good run, and it's looking a bit tired. And Dawn had a bit of a twinkle in her eye when she said that. This bull is not young, and many of the te technical indicators that I have um, used over the years to found be very useful. Percentage-wise, they're not perfect, but they are pretty good for the way that we use in the markets. It may not yet have topped, but certainly the $0.50, 50 cents to $0.52 cents area is a reasonable target longer term, and we could expect a pullback down to about $0.33 cents to $0.30 cents as a normal course of events. So it may be worthwhile buying down at $0.30. Cents. I don't feel like... If you're going in now, you've got to go in with a tight stop loss for a short-term expectation, just making that $0.50 to $0.52 cents area profit. If you are looking in the medium term, it stopped trending after a, per a period of what I call over love. Everybody's loved it. And so everybody's holding it and hoping it's going to go higher. So at the moment, it'll probably work its way back down to a 30, uh, 39 cents to 41 cents. And if you're looking to buy there, it makes sense to try there on a decline with a stop loss around about that 38 cents, 37 cents area. So don't be, don't be, be in there for a, a good time, not a long time. I suspect, though, according to the uh, the nature of uh, Bernie's question, I think he's one of those lovers you were referring to. So uh, hopefully some sage <laughs> words of advice there for him. Um, oh, Kevin and Sagi actually both asked about uh, NAB, National Australia Bank. And, of course, you've always got strong views on those, David, so it'd be remiss of me not to ask you about them. Um, in light of things like, you know, Fed inflation, rising US dollar now, We've got, you know, even here domestically, uh, possibly seeing rate rises coming sooner. Although Governor Giggleslow seems to be, uh, you know, blocking his ears, singing la la la, doesn't think it's actually happening. Um, look, would be interested in regards to that because, of course, uh, you know, it's rebounded quite strongly recently. Seems to be taking a bit of a pause at the moment in its uh, recent trajectory. Uh, what's your view in regards to it, and do you have a preferred in the space? Well, as, as you know from the last time we were on, I don't own, own any banks except for a bit of Westpac. And I sold my CBA after basically a $20, $20 per share run up profit. I missed out on 10 bucks, and I'm sad, but I, I was happy to see it get slapped five bucks yesterday. <laughs> um, so, so, so banks, I think, I think we're in a transition zone. And I've said that I think a lot of this financial system is actually broken at the moment. If you look at the, uh, the way that the telecoms index has been moving, it's been flapping around like a fish on a fish on a floor after you catch it, chuck it in the chuck it in the boat. So, is this happening to a lot of markets? And as as the holidays in the northern hemisphere progress, it's going to get more and more liquid. So, it's going to be easy to push these stocks around. The NAB has just filled the gap from yesterday, the down gap. So, and it's also rotated back to the downside. It's got a gap a little bit further down, and this is really short term, uh, down towards $26.41. What I did notice is, while a couple of the other banks were doing well, NAB was not doing well over the last three weeks, really. So I'm, you know, if I had some NAB left, I'd be happy to sell them at $28 to $30 and wait. 
at the, at the moment, I can't get too excited about the banks. I think we've had so much sugar hit, so many people reliant on cheap cash, so many demands from people who are actually deciding to still work to get higher salaries. I think we, I think we're going to, I think we're in for a little bit of a, a leveling out process. Whether it's a, whether it's a big shocker to the banks, I really don't know. I don't think so. I think a lot of the people who thought I was a complete idiot, Ilio, and I, and I thought you thought I was crazy when I said to buy them back down on the lows. In fact, it was around about the day of the low that we were talking um, on the last on the last smash. I think that really. There's, too, there's getting too much love up here and it's struggling. So I, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather just simply, if you're going to play the banks, buy dips, sell rallies, buy dips, sell rallies. But the, the dips are down to $25.55, maybe down to $23.53, and the rallies are up to $28 if you're lucky and maybe up to $30 if you're really, really lucky. That's the way I'd be playing the banks. I, I, don't th I think they've had too good a run, particularly the CBA. Uh, doesn't make sense to yeah think thanks for that reminder of that call you made there and uh highlighting how you were right and i was wrong but that's okay uh it's all amongst friends uh, we're all uh, <laughs> i wasn't okay. meaning to rub it in there no. we are. it wasn't about you it was about me you're a champion of that one all right let's uh now will's gone with the double banger one for me one for you david so uh, i'll answer the one first for me and that was for blackmores uh, says that a uh, few stocks have been smashed on the China tensions, of course. We've got A2 Milk, uh, Treasury Wines, uh, uh, Bubs was another one, but it's had a rebound recently. Wondering uh, my thoughts on the funny mental front, uh, whether it's a good business, particularly given the competition from generic brands of vitamins and, and the like. Well, Will, I think Blackmores is in trouble. I believe on the balance of probabilities, looking at the pace of downgrades from A2 Milk, Treasury, uh, Bubs and the like, even though they had that positive announcement the other day about the US, Relative to six months ago, the price target is actually higher than what it was back then. Uh, dividend is expected to spike, according to analysts. Uh, they've got everything riding on China, and I just don't see it. I, I think the risks are to the downside, I've got to be quite frank and honest. I could be wrong, uh, but that's just my view. David, I will go to you about the other one, where uh, Freelance FLN. Uh, this is his technical trade submission. Uh, he likes the consolidating ascending triangle and the breakout on high volume that he saw on Friday. He managed to get uh, an entry at $1.17 uh, with no obvious resistance. He's just wondering what levels he should be watching for from here on in. Okay, freelancer. Let's, before we go to that, I just want to... I did a big piece on Blackmores because I thought it was important and I put in some things that I, as a previously an economist, thought about Blackmores. Uh, and um, if you, I've left it up on the website. I won't, I won't okay. rain on... Um, Rain on your parade up, Elio. But uh, just just go to profithunters.com.au and you can sign up for a free membership and have a look there. You don't have to don't have to pay anything. Okay, freelancer. Okay, there is something that you need to do um, is to look further back in the chart. There will look further back in the chart is is the tip. I want you. To, I'm not going to tell you why, but I want you to look back. Um, so normally I want to look for stocks that are in blue sky. At, at, at an ascending triangle pattern, and it's fantastic that you are that you talked about this. This is just beautiful. I love that people are, are looking yeah. at these classical charting patterns. Beautiful. Uh, there's a there's a trick to the to the uh, to the ascending triangle, uh, and I, I don't have time to go into it 
at the moment, but uh, if uh, you want to have a look at it, look, there's just some stuff on the website called Train the Chartist, and it's a training for $97 for a day's worth of training on chart patterns. You'll get something out of it. Anyway, this is um, this is basically if you're buying this, if you're in at $1.17, have a stop loss, please, at $1.05 and looking for $1. And, and, or if you're in uh, medium term, have a stop loss at $1.10. I can see it up to $1.75 at the moment with a medium term target at $1.43. Now that was done first thing this morning when Elio sent me the sent me the, the, the package of questions. At the moment, um, at the moment, if you're a very short-term trader, you could be looking for buying a dip down to $1.19 and having a stop loss at your break-even level of $1.17 and crossing your fingers and hoping for $1.38 and $1.58. So it is a beautiful chart pattern. Thank you for, for picking that up. You will also notice if you look at some of the indicators that are trend-following indicators, you'll notice some divergence in the chart. So at the moment, at the moment, just uh, be prepared to take some profit. Raise your stop loss up so you don't move, you don't lose much at, at that uh, if it if it clicks back on hard on you. No, don't worry. He's a keen uh, follower, uh, David, so he'll be paying attention, young Will, and he appreciates the effort that you went to in regards to uh, responding to that and Blackmore's as well, which was his other stock. I'll ask you for your two stocks to watch in a moment, but I do want to touch on Mark's question. He'd be very grateful for my views on the future of NWH, uh, uh, particularly in view of the recent contracts. Uh, are they significant enough to turn this uh, stock price around? Well. NWH, uh, engineering services firm, this is tough. Look, the company's trying its best to remove itself from the boom-bust cycle of mining, but as an engineering firm, uh, there's, that's really only part of their problem. First, you've got to understand that engineering firms always trade at a discount to other companies, even ones less profitable than them. The main reason why this is the case, Mark, is because when things go wrong, they tend to be terminal. Think Hasty Group, Forge, RCR, Tomlinson, and the list goes on. Now, NWH will only ever be as good as their next contract win. Uh, you look at the recent letter of intent at Carrara, which won off Macca, MLD. Uh, look, they got it as part of that Mining West business that they acquired off Downer EDI. Uh, the, only pit, uh, you know, the only pitfall with regards to that project is that it is a money pit, that's all. Uh, really, after a decade of failures, basically the thing is cursed. Um, then you've got Altura Mining, Gascoigne Resources, who went broke. Look, this is a tough gig. They are hoping that the civil engineering side of the business is their saviour. Uh, they're, they're, you know, basically, uh, you know, tendering as much as they can for the mining stuff. But you know, most of these uh, projects are, you know, you're going to have to wait and see as to how they go, and then, of course, whether they stick around because they do deal at the bottom end. Now, they did buy uh, Primario, uh, which has seen some recent wins, though, so that's a good sign. Uh, but it's still tough. So I just feel there's many easier stories to find elsewhere, Mark. It's just the nature of the beast. It's a, it's a really tough gig engineering, uh, way for thin margins, uh, and they run very, very close to the wire. All right then, David, speaking of talk, walking close to the wire, your two stocks to help us see the light on that we're going to sit there and listen attentively to, and then we're going to toddle off and do our own research to see whether the stocks align with our investment objectives and tolerance to risk, please. Okay. Um, one is yesterday I've been waiting for an order to, to, to buy in... Uh, SLR, we, we saw, I sold out at the $1.97 area, 
bit around that area. Uh, a lot of my stocks, I had, a, I held a lot of it SLR, and I've now started to buy back in down around the one dollar and seventy cents. Yesterday, I had an order at one dollar and fifty-seven cents, which was done. I am long. I have a bias. I do also recommend it as a profit hunter group. Tried yesterday morning in the live trading sessions that we do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the profit hunter group. So, uh, so I have a bias. Now, the best long-term buy area is one dollar and thirteen cents, but I'm improving my average from something like forty-four cents. So I don't mind. Uh, I can wear it down to what I'm buying now down to one dollar and thirteen cents, and in fact, I'll be looking to buy more down there. At the moment, the weekly chart is not encouraging necessarily for me. Uh, the monthly chart's not encouraging, I should say. The weekly charts are kind of okay looking for a rally. If it breaks above $1.74 up towards $1.89. So I don't expect it to make it much above there. If it does get above that $1.98, I think you're looking for $2.19. So all, the, all in all, I think there's a kind of a range box between $1.14 on the downside, $1.13, and $2.19 to $2.15 on the top side. So uh, I think they're, they're good as the Aussie dollar gets tanked. Uh, if there is a fundamental change in the US dollar's uh, position, uh, that, or at least things for a couple of months, we might get a chance with that. Volume has been falling as prices declining, which indicates to me that we should be buying. The question is, is that are we buying it on the on the $1.57, which I thought was the best retracement shorter term, or the longer term retracement at $1.14? So those are, those are the questions in my mind. I have a bias and I have some positions. That's right. Silver Lake Resources, that is, folks, uh, in case you're wondering. And another good day today to yes, uh, David. Yep. No, you're right. Go for it. Yep. Next stock. Um, um, and the other stock is a bit of a weird one. I have I have some some other better ones up my sleeve, but is uh, HT, HT8, which is Harris Technology. I, I speak in three-letter codes and, <laughs> and cryptic codes as well. So down at 9.2 cents, I think it's a good thing. I actually own a little bit. I took a little nibble. Um, what I want to see is a break above 12 cents to get me into a bigger position, looking for 16 cents. If it fails below 10 cents, then the next area is that 9 cents to 9.2 cents, where I'd like to pick it up with a stop close only below 8.7 cents. So it's, uh, it's got something that looks like it's finishing its down move. The down move has been on somewhat declining volume. It's at the moment in what I call basically falling all over itself mode and so possibly forming a base. I, I prefer to be really getting aggressive above that 12 cents than being in the middle here right now. So that's HT8. There's another couple of stocks, but I won't go on with those. But no, we'll see well, look, David, at least yeah. it's 50% cheaper than what it was back in Jan, so maybe it's a value pick. But HT, uh, HT8... Um, as well as Silver Lake SLR, uh, David's two stocks to watch. So that's all we've got time for, everyone. On behalf of all of you, thank you, David, from the Profit Hunters Group for your time you. today, mate. Much Bye. appreciated. And profithunters.com.au is the website there. Now, tomorrow, um, we were supposed to have Tony LaCantra from Alto Capital to answer your uh, mining-related stocks. However, he's got a, a family issue he's uh, navigating at the moment, and our thoughts are with you, my brother.
Um, in his stead, I will be joined by my partner in shine, Chris Batchelor, who will answer your industrials questions, and I will do my best impersonation of the big man. And uh, given he's taught me everything that he knows, um, I'll try my best to answer your mining, oh, your mining questions. Oh, and by the way, you can answer them yourself, of course, uh, because he'll be hosting our upcoming Spotty Ed event uh, next week. Go to the website to learn more. Learn more. If you've got a question for Chris uh, or myself, send us a text machine 0480 079 089 or question at spotty.com.au. Until tomorrow, I'm Elliot Amato. You've been watching Spotty and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares.